Well, good morning. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us this morning for a time of loving and worshiping Jesus on this Sunday, September 6th. Um, boy, has it been hot. Uh, I don't think anybody has been able to kind of get out of the heat, and we really hope that you're being able to stay cool. Um, you know, really, like if you don't have some type of cooling at your home or in your uh, dwelling, um, really take advantage of neighbors, of friends, make sure that you're staying cool during this period of time. And the city of Ojai has actually set up a cooling area down at the Boyd Center at City, so it's important just for your own well-being just to make sure you stay cool during this. So, so get this, so today is Tierra uh, McGrath's birthday, so T, happy birthday if you happen to be watching. So Richie and Nadine are going out to Santa Clarita all places. They're heading east, inland today, and it's going to be 116 or 118 out there today, so so we'll keep them in prayer too, just that they have a wonderful time, that they survive, that they actually make it back to, to even the Ojai heat. So, um, but seriously, take care of yourself during these really hot days. So, um, you know, Tyler makes a, a significant point every week of telling you that he loves you, and it's a very sincere um, just expression of genuine love for everyone who is part of the well. And just this last week, the elders uh, were spending time just in prayer and in fellowship with one another, and really just a burden just kind of um, arose among all of us to really express that love to all of you, and really an awareness that um, during this whole period of time, uh, you know, for these last many, many months during the pandemic, there's people who are just having all sorts of different types of experience. There are people who have been really able to stay connected with other people, and whether it's family or friends or that kind of stuff. And there's some people who maybe have really struggled with being able to stay connected and stay in touch with and, and really feel like they have just a personal connection with people. And we're really aware of that. We spend, not just the elders, but a lot of people at the well in other leadership positions in different ministry leads and the prayer team spend a lot of time praying for you, really praying for everyone, people by name, and if we don't know what's going on in your life, praying generically just for all the people who are here at the well. But we recognize the fact that some, who, some of you who are just members of this church, who are people who call this your home, are perhaps really feeling somewhat lonely and somewhat isolated and haven't had that opportunity to reach out and just be in contact with somebody on a regular basis. So we're going to be sending out an email um, uh, in the next few days to everyone that we have an email address for uh, relative to uh, here at the well. And we really are just going to be acknowledging and inviting you to just reach out to us. We would love to know if, the, if there's a way that we can just come alongside you, uh, bef- just be a friend. And uh, we have many people among the leadership here at the well who are really happy and ready and willing to just be friends. Uh, you, if you are just feeling like you are just kind of somewhat isolated and perhaps, um, you know, just need someone to just spend some time with. So look for that email in the next couple of days. We really encourage you, if you just feel like you would like that type of contact and that type of, of connection with someone here at the well, let us know. We'd love to just come alongside you. So we have a wonderful time today just in ministry, in worship, in teaching, and would you just join me as we pray for our time together this morning. Father, thank you so much just for your faithfulness. Thank you for your provision of everything that we need in Jesus. Lord, we ask you to give us 
a love, a love that is more important than anything in our hearts for Jesus and for you. So would you just come and fill us? Would you be in each home? Would you be in each heart? Would you just transform our minds this morning? Open each of us, open our ears to hear your truth, to hear your word, Lord, to just receive the truth of your spirit, the truth of your teaching. Would you just come and be with us as we celebrate and love and worship you today? In your name we pray, amen. Morning, church family. This uh, time of giving this morning is a real privilege for all of us to return to the Lord a portion of what he's provided for us. Uh, we take uh, snail mail at 1290 grand. We've got a mail slot in the front door. You get out and stretch your legs. We've got the giving app uh, on the church app, a giving link, as well as on the church website. So there's many ways to be obedient to the Lord. And it's just, it's so appreciated how everybody has, uh, has really been uh, honoring and, and loving in their giving since this time began several months ago. I, uh, I, I really commend you for those that get out that we're able to see through the Ring app on the, on the front door, give us a wave. Uh, it's just so appreciated to see the, the love and dedication and commitment and being obedient in that, in that format. Uh, let's pray for the offering together. Father, it is such a privilege to uh, be able to, again, return to you, Lord, a portion of what you've blessed us with. We can look at, at situations, Lord, where many have been affected financially through this situation. We want to be able to come alongside them in prayer and lift them up as well. Jobs are in jeopardy. Many things have affected the lives of many through schooling of our children and and of course, not being able to worship corporately here at the well. We praise you and thank you for the opportunities that you provide and knowledge for us to know how to ramp up the technology here at the well so that we can put this message of yours out in the, in the most effective way that we can. We ask for your blessings on that technology and we ask for your continued blessings and those, again, that, that provide the resources that we can use to continue to put your word out. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 66, verses 1 through 4. To shout for joy to God, all the earth, sing the glory of his name, give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds, so great is your power, that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. So now as we worship, again, once our, our prayer for you is that you just worship in spirit and truth. Wherever you are, if you want to sit, stand, close your eyes, lift your hands, we just pray that this time would, uh, you would just focus on the Lord, however your week has been, but that you just take a deep breath, just rest, rest in the Lord's embrace. So let's worship. Joy of the Lord 
is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. And how great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. And everyone sing. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory.
Good morning, church family. Uh, Martin, uh, thank you for just being you and being goofy and being a part of the, uh, the meet and greet here. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And just a reminder, uh, you know, that is something that, you know, we want to keep doing. Obviously, this is what we've done when we've all got to meet together. And it's still important and valuable to us to see each other, even though it might be on a screen. So uh, I know Tyler likes to remind you, you but I want to remind you again, uh, you know, send in a video, photo of you, maybe a group of your friends, if you guys are able to hang out, do something goofy, have fun. It doesn't have to be serious. Uh, we just... You know, th- this is important, and we say, you know, one anothering around here is very important, and although this is the best kind of we can do for now, uh, we just encourage you guys to, to keep doing that, to send some fun videos in uh, so we can all see each other. And so with that, you know, it is, it is our meet and greet, and we usually get to, you know, see each other and stuff, and Mark mentioned earlier uh, that, you know, it's often, it can be difficult for a lot of us, and so God just put on my heart this morning for us me and you, I'm going to pray for us, but all of us, you know, out there watching to, to pray for the people in our lives, um, you know, the, the people that God has us invested in, or at least he used to. And so whether we still are investing in those people or not, or, you know, because of the virus and stuff, uh, you know, like I said, we, we talk about one anothering, and that's, that's still important. And so we may not be able to connect with each other, or we may be separated uh, somehow, but, you know, we, we can all pray. And so I just want us to come together as a church, as a family, to, to pray for the people in our lives, um, you know, that we may not be around anymore. So would you guys join me in, in praying? Father, we just, uh, we thank you uh, for the church, uh, even the state that it's in. Um, there's so many good things to be thankful for, and we are very thankful that you still have uh, people around us, whether that's over the internet, and that's, we miss out on a lot, but I'm, we're, we're thankful that we can still interact with people, and you still have a purpose in the midst of, of weird things going on. And so we just take this time really to pray for our family, our friends, our coworkers, people that maybe we don't see anymore. And uh, we really just ask that you would continue to speak into their lives, uh, to take care of them, and to use us in ways that you would have us, um, even though it may, and I'm sure it does, look very different. So we just take this time really to lift up um, the people close to us, and yeah, just ask you to keep doing your, your kingdom work, and it doesn't have to look a certain way, and so use us, use our gifts uh, as we still one another with each other, uh, with the people in our lives, amen. And so with that, uh, we are going to meet and greet, so get your phones out, text each other, uh, pray for each other, and, um, and we'll continue on with the service. So Tyler, have some announcements for us. Thank you, Jordan. Um, I got to say, I already got a text for meet and greet even before Jordan told you to do it. So thank you, Janelle. I appreciate your text. It was awesome. But like I say every week, I do miss and love all of you very much. And I can't believe it's September already. So and guess what that means? It's time for the birthday bear to come out and make his presentation. So we just want to let you know that we love celebrating birthdays with everybody in the church family. Because, you know, we're all God's children, and we love you very much. So, birthday bear, find his button. I thought the guys were, took the batteries out because they told me if the batteries are gone, I have to sing a solo. So, guess what? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. So, happy birthday to everyone. <laughs> I'll set birthday um, bear down. Um, I just want to talk briefly about 
are live streaming. I mean, it is, there's so much that goes into it. I, you have no idea. I mean, one computer has to talk to another computer, has to talk to the board, and it just, it's, it's crazy. But I just want to give a shout out to our um, team that's, you know, Eileen, Isaac, and um, Benny. Thank you very much. You guys have done an awesome job. And we got a new drum set, if you haven't noticed, out back here. And that has to communicate with the microphone. It's just beyond me. So if you do see a glitch, I do appreciate your little text saying, hey, it's glitchy or this or that. But just don't t give me any text like, oh, your hair is messed up or anything. I know that. So that, that's fine. So, but I do appreciate the text. And we also will have a banner on the screen that let you know also that we are trying to fix it. So... And that was, Eileen just took that upon herself to do that. So thank you, Eileen, for doing that. It relieves a lot of stress. And I wish I got to add to it, too. After um, announcements, I go back and I sit in the booth. I wish you guys could be back there with me with the expressions between Eileen and Isaac and their body language and um, Eileen standing up on her chair. So they take this very seriously. I mean, they are striving for excellence, which is great. And they do that because they love all of you. So thank you, people. Um, so September 9th is Wednesday at the Well. That's this Wednesday. So I encourage you all to sign up. And just to let you know, and we're going through a heat wave now. A month ago, we went through a heat wave. And that Wednesday we had, Wednesday at the Well, the temperature dropped during the evening. So time 630 rolls around. It's nice. We've got a nice breeze. There's a shade back there. So please come and join us. And don't use the heat as an example or for an excuse not to come because we really would like you to come. And if you do get too hot, I can always turn on the sprinklers and cool you down or the hose, whatever you prefer. So um, please come and join us this Wednesday at 630. Um, also, now there's going to be a video from our missions. And then after the video from the missions, we're going to hear from our kingdom kids. So I Hello, church family. Uh, you may remember the I Am Family Choir coming to the well from Uganda last year and performing um, to show us and teach us about what is happening with their ministry in Uganda. And they were planning to come out this year in 2020, but um, sadly they couldn't make it because of COVID-19. And um, instead, what they've been able to do is put together a video on YouTube uh, of their performance and they are looking obviously as an effort to fundraise for their ministry they've been able to do so much with the funds that they've received um, so if you are able and willing if you'd like um, you can find the link on the app for the well or on uh, the website and you can go ahead and watch it there um, it was really sweet to watch the kids that were out last year some of them are in the choir this year and uh, yeah feel free to go ahead and see what they are doing and we look forward to seeing you soon and welcome to Good Morning Kingdom Kids, Ojai Valley. I'm Marge, and can you believe that they put me in charge? Yes, they did. Marge in charge. Well, only for a month, for our new lesson of what's in your backpack. A month of not only fun, but learning how to be more Christ-like. What could be better than that? 
you out there have friends? Raise your hands. Oh, everyone has their hands raised. Friends are awesome. But did you know being a good friend also means being a good listener? Today's lesson, we are gonna learn the importance of being good listeners, not only to our friends, but to our parents, our family, people around us, and to be safe. Now today we're gonna to meet our first guest, a very special guest. And this person is one of the best listeners you have ever met. You may already have heard about her, but I'm not gonna spoil the surprise. We'll talk with her in just a moment. But she is amazing. And if you ask her a question and she doesn't know, she'll tell you. But she listens all the time. It's crazy. But you know what? So does God. God is probably the most amazing listener ever. But this person kind of listens too. So, but no one is better than God at listening to us. Without waiting, let's go talk to our new guest. Hello, my name is Siri. I was programmed to listen. My sole purpose is to answer questions to help you find information. If I can't understand you, I can't help you. The programmers who made me made sure that I was a very good listener so I can get you what you need very quickly. If I don't understand, I will tell you. I don't understand, or I may give you a completely wild and crazy answer because I thought you had said something else. Despite my faults, I am a way better listener than most people. When people don't listen well, you can miss important instructions, hurt someone's feelings, or make someone feel less important. I don't tune people out. I don't get distracted. And when I wait for you to stop speaking, I can speak my mind. I listen, and then I respond. Let's ask my friend Siri in Australia some questions. Hey Siri. Mm -hmm. How are you today? I'm fine. Thanks. Hey Siri. You're you're welcome. Hmm. Is there something else I can help with? Hey Siri. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. I understand. We all need to recharge once in a while. Well, as you can see, my friend Siri from Australia is always available. Just like God. But God's better than Siri. Because Siri's not real. God is. I know that to be true. The Bible says that. Well, were you surprised or what? Siri doesn't tune people out. Siri listens to people. She's a very good listener, and we can learn a lot from Siri. Now, learning from a phone, artificial intelligence, I don't know. But you know what? It's something to learn from this lesson, is to think, hey, can we be like Siri when someone's talking we stop to listen, listen to what they're saying. If we don't understand, we ask. Hey, I don't quite understand. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Hey, maybe we can ask God so we can be more like Siri in the way 
that we can be better listeners. So when we have something to say and we're really, really excited about it, and someone else wants to talk, or it's someone else's turn, we have the patience and the understanding, and we're good friends, and we stop and listen to what that person has to say. Isn't that a great idea? I think so. God is awesome, and he's always listening to us. And he is the best listener there ever was. And let's not forget that. Head on over to Kingdom Kids Online, and let's see what's in your backpack. We'll be excited to see you. We'll see you next week. Well, good morning. It is wonderful to be with you today on September 6th, and uh, we're going to continue our study through the book of Ephesians, and specifically, we're going to be in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 once again, and uh, if you remember, uh, really what we're looking at here is a very practical outworking of Ephesians 4, 1, where the Apostle Paul says, hey, walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have. And, and again, just to kind of bring us up to speed, what he's saying is, hey, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, we learned all these incredible biblical truths about all the blessings that we enjoy in Christ. Ephesians 4 shifts gears into the practical outworking of that doctrine. It says, hey, now, to glorify God, the picture is scales, and it says, have your walk match your talk. Have your conduct match your creed have your behavior match your beliefs that's what he's talking about as as we follow jesus we should be choosing in the power of the holy spirit to really have a life that in one sense is just in balance is in balance okay and uh we began this looking at this passage last sunday and i want to go ahead and jump right into it so ephesians 4 17 to 24 says this now this i say and testify in the lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and up to every of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so last week we said that, okay, so there's a specific choice we can make in this desire to, be, to walk in a manner worthy, and that's to put off the old self, the, the self that we were before we knew Jesus personally, and to put on this new self. And last week we saw that that word new is new qualitatively, never existed before. You are a new creation, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Never existed before. Qualitatively, supernaturally different. Right? You could spend almost your whole life just chewing on that. What does it mean to be qualitatively different? Right? And, and, then, and then with that 
truth, we're to walk in, in Romans 6, 4, we're to walk in newness of life. So we're, our life is supposed to be qualitatively different because we are a new, never existed before creation. Okay, and so we focused on that last week, and, and we saw also in 2 Peter 1, 3, we've, given, we've been given everything we need to do this, right? 2 Peter 1, 3 in the New Living Translation says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So we're a new creation. We're called to walk in newness of life. And the glorious truth is we've been given everything we need. Everything we need is already in our possession in Christ. Uh, what is it? We've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit, right? Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says it's God working in us to will and do of his good pleasure. He changes our nature when we put our faith in Christ. We're regenerated. We're born again. We're given a new heart, a new nature that wants to honor God, wants to obey him. We've been given the word of God. The word of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16. We've been given the church, Hebrews 10, 24. Right? So what are these practical things? Okay, we've been given everything. Well, we have God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling us. We have the word of God, and we have the church. All provided by God in his grace to enable us to do what? Walk in newness of life. Put off the old, put on the new. And last week we talked about, well, okay, if we're called to do that, why might we be challenged? Why, why might we be hesitant? What are some of the obstacles that hinder this putting off and putting on? Well, uh, some of us, we talked about last Sunday, uh, we might just be really scared. We talked about some powerful words, powerful, powerful thoughts that come into our head. What will people think about me? What will people say about me? Right, This fear of man that even in the church can keep us from being honest and open and sharing our struggles with brothers and sisters in Christ who honestly actually do love us, do want the best for us. We talked about here at the church, that uh, here at the well, we, we want to be a church known for grace and compassion and not guilt and condemnation, right? In fact, Colossians 3, 12 and 14 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So truthfully, right, we're all in process. We're all in sanctification. So in one sense, we're all putting off and putting on. And so when a brother and sister comes to you and says, hey, can I share something with you? I really would like your prayers. I'd like your counsel. I would like you to help hold me accountable. Give me some insight because I'm trying to put off something. Why don't we lay them out with guilt and condemnation? Because we're just receiving grace and compassion ourselves. Someone might come to me. Jordan might come to me and share something. And he doesn't know that I'm working with Mark on my own stuff. And so Mark's given me grace and compassion. Jordan calls me up. I'm just going to give Jordan what I'm getting from Mark. That's how it's supposed to work. Because ultimately, we are, we're always receiving grace and compassion from God. And it's supposed to go out this way. Okay, so I hope that that was helpful for you, right? Um, to, to really maybe take a risk. And it is risky to make yourself uh, vulnerable, to make yourself transparent. 
um, because we're human. And even in the church, you know, we're always sort of fearful. Well, if I'm really honest, if I'm really honest, what will people think about me? What will people say about me? And, and then it can even get to be more of a prison as you sort of make it through the ranks and now you have a title in the church and people start to look up to you and say, oh, you seem to have it all together. Oh, you pray so well. Oh, 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 oh. And suddenly uh, all these accolades and all these, you know, uh, affirmations, suddenly you become even more hesitant because somehow people are putting you up on this spiritual pedestal and suddenly you're more alone than you were six months ago. And, and it just shouldn't be that way. So I want to encourage you. We are the church. We are to be gracious, compassionate. Uh, as we all are in process, it's just sanctification. It is sanctification. And so we looked at that last Sunday. And then uh, Monday, I was chatting with someone and, and I had a... Uh, I would say a a really good conversation pastorally. Personally, I've known this person for almost 20 years. And they had watched the the sermon. And they said, you know, know, I appreciate the sermon. And they said, but I I have another, I have another maybe reason why people might be hesitant to put off and put on or they're struggling with putting off the old and putting on the new. And and I got to tell you, I appreciated their honesty pastorally. You know, you kind of process it pastorally because you go, oh yeah, that's, that, that is the reality. And what they said was this. I think they said one of the reasons that people are challenged or, you know, hesitant to put off the old and put on the new because they don't want to. They just don't want to. And again, right, there's, there's a part pastorally and maybe even personally where you want to rear up and you want to just start going to scripture and you just want to, you know, say, well, the Bible says this and da, 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 you even not want to. And, you know, and, and in, a, in a nanosecond, you're processing all this. And you know what, what came out of my mouth in that nanosecond? Thanks for sharing that because that's real. That's real. And I'm sure you're not the only one who's, who's actually there or been there. In fact, I'm guessing if we're really honest, starting with me, there have been times in my life, seasons in my life where I'm called by God's word to put something off and put something new on. And by golly, I knew what God's word said. But in that moment, I just didn't want to. You can't make me, right? You ever had that as a parent, right? You try to <laughs> tell your kids and they just, you just know they're doing this on the inside. You can't make me. I don't want to, right? And it, and it really, I asked permission. I said, you know, thank you. I mean, and I, and I genuinely am so appreciative of them being willing to share with me because I believe that that honesty is going to translate into incredible blessings for many of you who are there or will be there. Because it's very honest. I don't want to. And I said, do I have permission to speak to this and, you know, just really seek God and, and speak to this? Because I think it, it, it can help many eternally and even before this service is over, right? And they said, yeah. And so I, I began to just think, you know, and, and this is that part of preparation where you, you literally never turn it off because now you, you're, you have direction and I really feel like this is what God wants, so everything. And so I'm thinking, okay. Why wouldn't someone want to put off the old and put on the new? Lord, what's going on? 
but you know, and, and rather than rearing up again in, in, in condemnation and guilt and shame, like, what? I, I wanna know people's heart, I wanna know what's going on, right? And so Proverbs 4.23 says this, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So first and foremost, we're talking about a heart issue. We're talking about a heart issue, and I've shared with you before, the heart in the Bible is the control center. It's the center of your whole being. That's why it says guard your heart for everything, what comes out of your mouth, and ultimately your thoughts. Everything comes out of your control center, your heart. So this is a heart issue. This is a heart issue, okay? And fundamentally, the first area that, that I would say, and I'm gonna approach this morning more of conversation as if I were gonna be talking with someone who says, you know, I, I just don't want to right now. And, and I would have a very honest, loving, truthful conversation with them. So I would say, you know, it's a heart issue. The Bible says it's a heart issue. And then I would say, you know, in truth, first place we have to go is, is really your, your relationship with God. Where are you with the Lord? See, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says this, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. You know what's amazing about that verse is you're reading all this and verse two on you, and it's a pretty harsh, pretty negative list, right? And then suddenly he flips it in verse five, having the appearance of godliness. These apparently are good moral, maybe church going folk. So outwardly they appear Good to go, they appear good and moral, and like I said, maybe at church every Sunday, but their heart and how they're living their life is actually verses two through four. They have the appearance of godliness, but deny its power. And so, you know, my first conversation, and it wouldn't be just a one-off, it would be a series where I would invite someone to say, well, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. Tell me about what, what the gospel is. What, what is faith? Where are you? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Matthew 7, 21, 23, Jesus says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Okay, that's, that's not a verse that, that's meant to scare you to Jesus. That's a truth verse. That's a verse where, where it says, when, when push comes to shove and when, when you know, you're face to face, Jesus wants to be able to say, I know you, gnosko, personally, right? They were doing a lot of good things and he says, I didn't know you. And he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So, so they're doing all these good things, but they're still workers of lawlessness. So there's something going on at the heart level, at the fundamental heart level, okay? And, and this would be a starting point. So if you, if, even if you've been to church for years and years and years, 
And maybe you're, you're sensing, you know, this pattern of, I don't want to. I don't like that. You're not the boss of me. Starting point? Where are you with the Lord? Where's your heart? Because the Bible says when you're born again, you're given a new heart in the new covenant. And you're given a heart of, it's called regeneration. You're given a new nature. You want the things of God, not perfectly, right? You seek his will, right? You have this desire. And if you're at this place um, as a pattern, okay? I'm not talking like one-off struggles. We all have those ups and down seasons. Just as a pattern, if you're struggling consistently and you just kind of are finding yourself in all honesty, you really don't want the things of God. First and foremost, where are you with God? Where are you, honestly? See, I love you enough to have that conversation. And it's difficult because, oh, you know, you're going to judge, and who are you to judge, and I do this. It's not about judging. It's just about I love you so much (laughs) that I just want to do my best, based on God's word, to talk about your assurance of salvation. That's why we would have that conversation. And and I got to tell you, I think when, when I thought about this, as challenging as it is to, to have you look at God's word and see God, I got to tell you, I celebrate repeatedly the testimony of a dear brother in Christ who has been attending the well here for years and years. But you want to know what his testimony is? His testimony is that he attended for another church for years and years before we start and all that. And he has shared that for all those years that he was attending church, he thought he was a Christian. He thought he was a Christian. And however God did it, and I'm not patting us on the back because we just preached the word of God here. They got connected here and through the word of God and the ministry here, two things happened. He realized he wasn't a Christian and then he put his faith in Jesus and became a Christian. (laughs) And we have just loved the transformation we have seen in this man. From church attender to follower of Christ. And I love his his honesty. This way first and then this way. A, to say, Lord, am I a Christian? And then once that got settled to say, hey, fellas, you know what? I thought I was, but I wasn't. But now I am. <laughs> and you know what we did? Woohoo! <laughs> and to see him grow and put off the old and just in, in the challenges of his own life and in the imperfections and his own sanctification, I just got to tell you, I've seen it firsthand here. What can happen when someone is really honest about where they are with the Lord? I mean, this is a person who was decades in church. And, and it's, it's been an incredible journey together. So we would start there, like, okay, where are you at the Lord? Now, here's the thing. So let's say you're good to go with Jesus, okay? You're good to go, right? And, and, and you, assurance of salvation, you know, by grace alone and faith alone, Jesus alone, you're good to go, right? And yet you're maybe in this season where you're still like, I don't want to. Right? And we, we, again, just a season, not as a, not as a holistic life pattern, but just God is revealing something, speaking to an area in your life, 
Okay, you're good to go in all these other areas. How many of you, like, you know, you, God's done a lot of work and progress. We celebrate that. And he's like, okay, now you're ready for this one. And he sends the zinger issue. And you're like, oh, I was wondering when we were going to get there. Right? And initially, you might have a, hmm. Right? What's going on? This is sanctification. For the first one was salvation. This one's sanctification. We're good to go believers. Maybe wrestling with God with I don't want to. What's going on with that? And I was thinking, okay. Why would a believer, you know, put off and put on? It sounds pretty simple, pretty basic. What, what's the issue? And I was thinking about my own life, and I get a little personal here, and I'm thinking, you know, I would struggle, and I do struggle, I think, at times with this put off and put on, because, see, in Ephesians 4, 17, uh, 18, it says, talking about the Gentiles, how they used to walk, it says, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Okay, I get that. Before I knew Jesus, I didn't really want anything to do with God. I was living for me. Then he says, they have become callous, given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, right? And then it says, your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, which is corrupt through deceitful desires. Then it gets kind of like very negative, about how I used to be, right? He's describing me as a non-believer. And there's a part of me that's like, wait a sec. My old life wasn't that bad. And I think the challenge for many of us and many of you who are listening, based on what I know about you and the demographic here at the well, many of us were kind of really good people. Not evil, wicked, sinful, horrible people causing all kinds of mayhem growing up. No, we're just kind of good people. Went to school, did your best to to, to listen to your parents, do your homework, play sports, get grades, go to... You're just good. In the worldly sense, you are good. Some of you are really good. Some of you are not so good. But on average, just good people, right? So then you hear this put on and put off. And I'm thinking of like... That's right. Because see, I, I brought these two jacks and I'm thinking, wait a sec. When he says put on, right? Let's see, make sure. You, we think about this as a jacket. And we say put on and it's like, oh, that's Jesus, the, the robe of righteousness, right? So we're to put on the robe of righteousness, right? And we kind of get that, right? But then when he says put off, I was thinking, wait a sec. I wasn't such a bad kid. My, my life wasn't so horrible, and, and I thought of this. I remember this was in my garage. This is my old Letterman jacket from high school, believe it or not. So if I put this on as, as my old self, here's the deal. I, I haven't tried this. So I don't know if it's going to fit, but <laughs> sort of. Okay, here's the thing. I got a lot of good memories when I put this on. This rep, you know, there's captain stars. This represents, a, this represents achievement, right? It's, it's, it's football two years, track two years, basketball two years, varsity. I'm like, my old life from a worldly thing, when I look at it, I had some good times with my friends, right? I was successful. I achieved some things. And so this idea of putting off and putting on because this was so horrible was it so horrible? Now, we all know spiritually I was spiritually dead, and we get the spiritual truth behind it, but I'm talking about how we see our old self. Because myself and maybe many of you at home, when you think of your old self, weren't so bad, 
compared to the really bad folks at school, right? So we're called to put off this, which I actually don't think is very bad and actually has some really good memories and, you know, and then we're, 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 we're to put it off and put this, right? And, and that, that, that was like, you know what? Okay, I get that. I get that. Even not just high school, but I'm thinking even as adults and everything, many of you, you're, you're good people. In fact, my wife and I will enjoy your company or we'll have an interaction. And oftentimes on our way home, we're saying, man, we are so blessed. There are some good people at the well. Or even in this community, there are some good people. Just, we're so blessed, right? And so we come to this putting off and putting on. And, and I'm like, Lord, what is the root of the issue? What's going on? Why are we struggling, right? Well, he says, well, because it's really a heart issue as well. And we go back to the greatest commandment, right? Matthew 22, it says this. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. It's a heart issue. Uh, Joseph Stowell, there's a book that I came across. It's very, very helpful. It's called Why It's Hard to Love Jesus. He says this. God is not interested in our lifestyle if it does not begin with what he calls heart style. Lifestyle versus heart style. And depending on your church upbringing, you may have interpreted and come to define your Christianity in terms of lifestyle behaviors. Do's and don'ts. When this struggle to put on and put off is what he calls heart style. It begins in the heart, right? 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Really? The love of God that we keep his commandments. First John 2. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. John 14, 15, Jesus pretty clearly says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then in John 14, 23, he says, Jesus answered him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make, and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. So do you see the you see direct relationship between love and obedience. Or in this case, between love and the desire and willingness to put off and put on. Because putting off and putting on is a command. Ephesians 4:17, those that passage 17 and 24, that those are those are commands. So we're to put off and put on as commands and he says, "Hey, you know what? You're desire to obey your willingness to obey your actual obedience is rooted in your love for me your love for me and why is that helpful right in fact the life application new testament says this uh, the quality of our obedience is a direct reflection of our love for jesus so why is this important today because sometimes we'll say oh i'm really struggling 
Or, yeah, I know there's some sin in my life. Or, you know, I'm battling with the flesh. And it's kind of very generic. It's kind of true, but it's so big and vague that we don't really know where to go with that. We're like, I'll pray for you, bro. I'll pray for your struggle. I'll pray for that flesh. And like, no, what, what really became helpful for me and I'm hoping for you is that we're identifying what it is. It's a love issue. It's a love issue. It's not just struggle. It's not just generic sin. It's not just generic struggle with the flesh. No. At the root of when I am struggling to obey God's word, it's because I am struggling with loving him in this area more than myself. And that's where, imagine if I said to Mark, Mark, uh, I'm struggling in an area and battling with the flesh. Can you pray for me? Okay, kind of a generic, right, cookie cutter prayer. What if I said this? Hey, Mark, God's really um, speaking to me about this area in my life. And right now, Mark, I really need you to help me to learn to love him more than myself in this area. Because in this area, I find pleasure. In this area, I, it, it meets my fleshly needs. In this area, I love myself more than I love God. Mark, can you pray for that to be flipped? Because Mark... This isn't just a flesh issue. I need you to help me. I, I need you to pray for me and I need you to talk to me and listen to me because I'm loving myself more than I'm loving God right now. You see, as, 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 as sharp as that might be, there's freedom in the clarity. When we call it what it is, we can address it. We can address it. And if someone comes to me with that clarity, I know where they are. And I can not speak in generalities, but I can say, you know, Mark can say, well, what's driving that? And this is where even, tell me about your past in this area. Well, you know, in this area, it's kind of was a habit. And, you know, I've, it was an escape and it was my way to medicate. And, and I just kind of, it's my go-to when things get stressed. And, and I just found that, this is my, this is mine. it's me. See, now we're talking about it at the real life, you know, rubber meets the road level, but we're identifying it as, as a love issue. He's trying to help me to, to get it out of my system, so to speak, and the power of the spirit and based on the word, so that when I'm confronted with that temptation again, I see it for what it is, a choice. A choice to honor God by loving God more than myself in that choice, in that moment. Now I have clarity. Now I have power. <laughs> now I can speak truth, right? First John two fifteen. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. See, it's a love. And a lot of our struggles in putting off and putting on is because we're trying to love the world and love God. We're trying to play both sides of the fence. And 1 John 2 says is, there's got to be one. There can only be one. Right? It goes back to the greatest commandment. If I'm loving God with all my heart, I can't be loving the world either. You gotta, you gotta land somewhere. But a lot of us are struggling in our walk and it's up and down and dry and I'm on fire, then I'm cold is because different things are battling for the love, the number one love in our life. That's, that's what's going on, right? Matthew 6, 
Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your what? Heart will be also. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. But many of us in our Christian lives, we're trying, to, we're, trying to get the, we're trying to spin a lot of plates. And we're trying to get the best of both worlds. And it's driving us crazy. We're actually end up miserable. We think by just enough of the world and a lot of God and we're going to, we're just genuinely miserable because we're just washing it all out. We're just washing it all out. James 4, 4, very powerful word picture here. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, who wishes to, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's talking about spiritual adultery. And the, the Jewish Christians would really resonate with this because in the Old Testament, right, every time these people kind of got caught up with the uh, other, other uh, nations and started worshiping their gods, what did he call it? Spiritual adultery, right? Right? The Life Application New Testament commentary says this. These believers may indeed love God but they are also infatuated with the benefits of this world system. They worship God, but they want the influence, living standards, financial security, and perhaps some of the freedom the world offers. These pursuits will only undermine the generosity, caring, and sharing that should characterize Christians, right? So we're talking about genuine believers. You want to love God, but the world, and you're trying to figure out how do I... You know, is it so bad and I'm not hurting anyone and it's just a, and suddenly your walk and everything, you're just stuck. You're just stuck and really it's a love issue. It's a love issue. And here's the thing. It doesn't even have to be bad things. We're not taking bad, wicked, evil things. Remember the church at Ephesus? Revelation 2. They're a good, solid church. Many of you would attend there. I would probably go there. Orthodox, challenge false teachers, right? And Jesus comes in and says, hey, you do church really well, but what happened? You left your first love. So even good things, even being a pastor, here's the thing. I can love ministry and I can love the pastor more than God. And that's a dangerous place to be. That's attention. Even ministry. We're talking about even... You know, in the men's groups on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're talking about stepping up, being a man of God. Okay, good thing, awesome thing, unless your pursuit of being a godly man is really about you. And you elevate the love of self, meaning the love of being a godly man, over the love of God. Because truthfully, the love of God will help you be a godly man. But if you get consumed with checklists and, and the outer appearance of being a godly man, and you want add a boys about how good of a godly man you are, you're kind of loving self more than God in your pursuit of being a godly man. That's how deceitful the heart can be. Even in the church, we can flip it, and it becomes about me and myself over God, even as I pursue godliness. Go figure. Go figure, right? And so here's the thing. As I'm processing this and, and I said, you know, well, let's just talk about your love relationship. 
I came to a place at the end of the week where I'm going to be very honest with you, and this is coming from my 30 years of pastoral ministry, and even as a parent, as a dad, I realize, even in the context of church, I or we as the leadership of the well, we can't force you to love Jesus. We can't force you to love God, right? I told the leadership team this morning, we can't make an arranged marriage between you and Jesus. Hey, come here. There's this Jesus. You'll really like him. You should, you should get together with him. I mean, we want to introduce you to Jesus. We want to share his story. We want to share God's word. But I know as a pastor, you're going to do what you're going to do. I know that. Okay, it doesn't mean we're ever going to water it down because I'm remembered of my brother who wasn't a Christian, became a Christian in the context of church. We're always going to stay the course here. We're going to stay the course. But we do that with complete honesty that we cannot force you to love Jesus. And we're not going to try. We are going to speak the truth in love. We are going to pray for you. We would love, every leader here would love to talk to you about where you are with Jesus either in the salvation sense or in the sanctification sense. Come and have a discussion. That's grace and compassion. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. But I know I can't force you to love Jesus. It's just like as a parent, I have five kids. I could not force them to love Jesus, right? Especially being pastor's kids and and trying to walk them through that line of expectations and duty and external behavior expected of pastor's kids. No, my wife and I decided... Uh, way back in our early parenting, because of my ministry youth, as a youth pastor, I knew I couldn't force kids to do anything, right? But what could we do in our home? Individually and as a couple, we could demonstrate and role model what it is to be followers of Jesus who love Jesus. We would just do our best to show our kids the joy, the blessings, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations of being followers of Jesus. People who just love Jesus. That's all we could do. Now we train them up. We, you know, they went to VBS and they do all this. But I got to tell you, that heart, we had to accept the fact we could not force our kids into a relationship with Jesus. And I think they appreciate that, right? <laughs> there, I got two of them here. I got three of them here. Because it took all the pressure off and rules and external behaviors. And, and, and we had to let them figure that out right? And it's kind of like parents, you know, it's like there were times, you know, when the kids were in school and stuff and, oh, you know, Shiloh, you should call so-and-so. She seems really nice. We think you and her would really be good friends. And what do they do? (sighs) Okay. Or, you know, you should have lunch with them. (sighs) You're right. When you try to force these friendships with the best of intentions and, you know, right away there's this pushback because you're trying to arrange something. Well, kind of similar. And so, I understand this. As a pastor and as as shepherds here, we love you. We really do. And what is our heart here? We want you to love Jesus. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Sometimes I think like maybe, maybe I'm not as deep a theologian as some of you might want because around here we love Jesus because he first loved us. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) That's kind of what it boils down to. And we'll get into doctrine and we could talk about that. But sometimes I think we live way out here when really we should just be talking about loving God and loving Jesus and how that plays out in your life and my life. 
And it's kind of that simple, and I try to keep it that way. Um, you know, there's this, this glorious story in Luke 7, and I'm just going to refer to it. I encourage you, Luke 7, 39 to 50, where uh, Jesus was invited by a Pharisee to have a meal at his house. Remember this story? And during the mealtime, a woman, a sinful woman shows up, and uh, she comes in, and the story goes that, you know, she's, she's weeping, her tears fall on Jesus' feet, she wipes it with her hair. She has this alabaster jar of perfume. She breaks it, right? She pours it on his feet. And the Pharisee goes, what's up with this? Does he even know who that is? Right? And, and Jesus ultimately, right, he says, hey, Simon, here's the deal. You know why she's doing this? You know why she is just weeping and she's poured out that perfume on her feet? Because she understands that she's been forgiven much. Because she's been much forgiven. You see? And, and I, I'll share with you as, as we wrap up. We want you to extravagantly love Jesus in response to his extravagant love for you. His grace. When, when, when I realized that I was part of the much forgiven despite how good I think I was, when I realized forgiven and that Jesus was sent, God demonstrates his love while yet I was a sinner, he died for me, Romans 5 eight. When God got a hold of my heart and just overwhelmed me with his grace and his love through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you know what? I just responded in love back. In love back, right? In the story, that perfume, that alabaster jar perfume, in context, she would have prized that. That may have been her ultimate, most precious possession, that jar of perfume. And what did she do with it? Poured it out at the feet of Jesus. Why? Love. What was the love from? It was a response to being much forgiven. She poured out her most prized possession, gave it to Jesus in love as a response to his love and forgiveness. Question, what is your most prized possession? And for many of us, our most prized possession is me, is self, is self. And, and if I will allow the grace and the love of God to just overwhelm me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my most prized possession, self, and I'm going to lay it at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to pour myself out willingly at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. Because he first loved me. His love elicits my response of love. That's kind of how it works, right? Sometimes you'll hear here at this well, oh, you guys are so loving and you guys are so nice and you're so friendly and joyful. What makes you guys tick? Well, I think hopefully you'll know. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. What drives us around here? The love of Christ. 
I love this. 1 John 4.19. If you want to know what makes the well tick, here we go. 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. <laughs> In a nutshell, that's what makes the well tick. That's why we're here at O Dark 30. That's why we call you. That's why, you know, we have Tuesday night text threads for five hours, right? And we want to come visit you. And we do everything we do here, right? We love you. Not because we're all that. We love you because he first loved us. It just goes, his love from us just goes out to you. That's what we're talking about. That's, that's why it's the heart. It's the heart issue. And so this morning, before, as we prepare for communion, if you are being, you know, if your heart's being tugged about salvation, this morning, Put your faith in Jesus. Whether you've been in church or never been in church or you've been in church for 10, 20, 30 years, but you know, maybe today is the day. Put your faith in Jesus. Love him in response to his love for you first. Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. So receive salvation by putting your faith in Jesus. Jesus. And then, if you are a believer and you understand more clearly that your struggles with putting on is a heart issue and then even more specifically a love issue, that's why we do communion. We come to communion and we come to the cross in remembrance of Jesus, but it's not just Jesus' acts. This morning, I want you to remember God's love, His grace. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Grace is unmerited favor. And so as we sing this song and we have this time of reflection, maybe it's a time of confession. Father, I confess that there are areas in my life where I, if I'm gonna be very specific, Father, I love myself more than I love you. I live to please myself in these areas more than I live to please you. Father, I confess it's a love issue. And so, Father, I, I ask you to change my heart. I ask you to, as only you can do, give me the love for you. And, Father, if I've been trying to love the things of the world, if I've been trying to play it both ways, I confess that this morning. There can only be one top spot in my heart, and I want that to be you, God. So I confess to you this morning the areas in my life where I've been trying to play the fence, and I've been dabbling in the world and wanting the best of both worlds, and quite frankly, I'm miserable. And quite frankly, I'm struggling with obedience because I'm divided in my loyalty. I'm divided in my love. So I confess this, and I ask you to forgive me. Father, this morning, I just want to come home. I just want to come home. <sighs> Father, I just want it to be as simple as loving you because you first loved me. I want the love of Christ to be the driver in my life. Thank you, Father.
We love because he first loved us. I love because he first extravagantly loved me. And you love because Jesus first extravagantly loved you. I I can't implore you enough, and I'm taking this very personally, to wrestle with this this week. If you are finding any area in your life where you are loving yourself or loving the world more than you are loving Jesus and the extravagant love that he has poured out and given to you through his death and his blood and his body being broken in his resurrection, talk to him about that. Just talk to him. Come and just pour it out at his feet. And through his spirit, through the truth of the word, he will deliver you. So just wrestle this week with the extravagant love that he has given you. I want to just remind you too that we love praying for you. If there is anything that we can pray for you about, for you about or with you about, please let us know. You can uh, email the church through the website or through the app. You can contact any of the elders directly. Uh, just always let us know if and how we can pray for you. And I want to remind you about the email that I mentioned at the beginning of our service that uh, many of you will get, anyone that we've got an email address for. Um, just really offering and in inviting you to reach out to us if you just need someone to come alongside you. If you're feeling lonely and isolated, we would love to reach out to you. So please just respond to the email. Let us know how we can help, how we can support you through these ongoing difficult times. And I just want to leave you with uh, this uh, few verses out of Psalm 86. And I think it's really pertinent to what we've heard today from Richie. It says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all of my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. We love you. We genuinely love you with all of our hearts. We pray for you, and we really hope that you will have a wonderful week in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week.